And welcome to another episode of the Freethinkers Podcast, a show that believes in free speech, original thought, and desire for truth. I am here today with Brittany Jaswerski. She is she lives in Maricopa County, and I wanted to bring her on because we were texting back and forth, and she was describing her experience, her voting experience. And I know we've had just an incredible time understanding what in the world is going on in Arizona. So, Brittany, welcome to the Freethinkers Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, I, I'm just, what's going on now? Let's talk about like what's still happening, like in the current situation. As of right now, um, they're still counting votes. <laughs> um, they've called, obviously, uh, a lot of the races. Uh, they've determined that Hobbs is the winner for our governor. Um, when you look at some of the data, it's interesting to see that a lot of the Republican Elections were won. Um, when you look at the number of votes garnered for, let's say, Secretary of State, uh, that number is higher than what was showing for the governor. And so it's interesting to see that, you know, some will win in some areas and not in others. And uh, there was definitely some election issues at, I would say, I think they said recently 50% of the polling locations. Yeah, they originally said 20%, but it came out the other day that 48% of the locations were affected by all that. And it was just kind of interesting because I saw a couple numbers that um, 248,000 voted on election day, and it was three to one Republicans vote on election day as compared to early voting and that kind of thing. What was like when where you voted, or actually, let's just back up and let's talk about your experience on election day. What was What was your experience from you know, going into just how long it took and everything in between? Yeah, so I'm actually pretty grateful that we ended up going in the afternoon. I didn't feel as rushed. I had my time and I could kind of watch things develop throughout the day uh, with what was happening and what was going on. But the one thing you didn't know going into any polling location is if that particular one was one having issues. So uh, we went to one that we've gone the last three election cycles. We're very familiar with the process there. And when we got in line, there was a poll worker kind of working his way through the line. It was all the way outside around the building. And pretty immediately, he, he comes out and says, your line's about an hour and a half long right now. That's your wait time to get into vote. And he said about 75% of, of the uh, ballots aren't scanning. Uh, so we do have other options, but that's currently, you know, we're having issues with both tabulators. If you would like to get out of line and try another location, you know, you might do that. And that was kind of, I think for me, I'm like, why are you, you know, asking me to get out of line is kind of odd. Um, and he did come back around again at a later time and say, wait time still about an hour and a half. If you'd like to try a different location in downtown Chandler, which is about 15, 20 minutes from where we were, you might try that location they're not currently experiencing as many issues as we are, but I don't know what the wait time is there. And this was already 4.30 in the afternoon. So, you know, when, with polls closing at seven, you're not really sure what issues you're gonna have anywhere else. It's like, I'm not gonna get out of line to go somewhere else and, and take my chances. Well, let, let me ask you a question on that. Did you see people get out of line and go somewhere else? I didn't, I didn't. Um, I think everyone was pretty firm in holding their ground and saying, no, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get in there. 
Well, it's interesting you say that because one of the notes that I have here, as far as some of the research I've done, by Arizona law, they have to serve that person at that voted location, and it's illegal to tell them to go to another location. So it's actually, it's actually fascinating that people were doing that not only once, but multiple times. Yeah. And again, I think it may have been different if I had gone in the morning. I think people may not have had time to see how the day was progressing or maybe known what they were supposed to do. So if you're there at right when the polls open before you go to work, maybe you have a little bit more of a urgency with time than more people probably were leaving. And um, I think too, the poll workers didn't know everything that was happening at that point either, or maybe didn't have proper instruction on how to handle it. But I feel like by 4.30, you would, you would know or have a pretty refined script for the voters on what to expect and what their options were. You've said that you've gone to that same polling location for years, correct? Yeah. Never experienced any issues before? No. Uh, during the primary, and I even want to say back to the last presidential election, the concerns that cycle were the felt tip marker or the type of pins being used to fill in mm -hmm. our little bubble. Um, and so that was kind of a thing, but it never blew up as much as this did. And it was more, um, they tried to cast it more as a, a conspiracy, I guess, that, you know, we were concerned ballots weren't scanning because the wrong pin was used. Um, and so that was a thing in the last couple of cycles. Our location hadn't had any issues. Uh, other counties had a lot of issues in the primary uh, election. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so when you went in, what was the process as far as because ballots weren't scanning and, and all this other stuff? So talk about that process. Yeah, I mean, we, we do have to show ID when we go in. They print out a ballot for you once you've logged in. And so that part went as as it always does. When we got to the tabulators, we have two tabulators, and they immediately tell you, get in line for this first one. Everyone must get in line for this first tabulator. It's reading the least amount of ballots. And so we're going to start there first. So you get in line. Uh, I would say in the between the two lines, there's probably 20 to 25 people. And uh, I went through, scanned my ballot. I hadn't seen anyone's work. It kind of, it's, it, you know, it, it accepts it and spits it back out, similar to like a, you know, cash vending machine where it's not taking your crinkled bill. And so it would, it would accept it and then feed it back out. And what they would have you do is flip it, try the other side, then turn it around and essentially scan it four times in the one tabulator. Um, and if it didn't work, you get in line for the second tabulator and try it all over again. And out of everyone we were in line with, the only one that went through was my husband's on the first try. And we, it's not funny, we joke now, but the the gentleman, the poll worker that was working that tabulator was like, wow, it went through, it was accepted. It was just shocked because so many hadn't been going through. And my husband's wow. like, are they all supposed to do that? <laughs> but so. Yeah, um, there, there's, there, um, there was a, there was a stat that four out of seven ballots were failing, but you saw, I think you said one out of 20 attempts actually went through. So you had to attempt it 20 times. And then on the other line, like you said, none out of 30 went through? Uh, no, uh, no one. My husband's was the only one that I saw. And I would say there was easily 30. So when, in, when you get into that second line, uh, another point of, I guess, frustration for me was there's a separate poll worker working that tabulator. And this, you know, this is kind of your, you're going to scan it four more times, see if it goes through and they'll give you your options. And again, we're in the afternoon hour. Uh, the 
the script that I feel like they would explain to you for what your options were because your ballot wasn't accepted was different for every person. There wasn't really any consistent messaging. And so, you know, one person goes through and she pretty much says, you can leave your ballot in door three, which is the chamber within the tabulator that they have a separate door that they can open up without it having to scan through and it, and it holds it within the tabulator. And uh, she goes through this part of the script that a someone from a separate polling location will come to pick up your ballot. It will be taken to Central Phoenix. You won't be able to track it for probably three days and uh, it will be locked and secured in whatever box that they're taking to Central Phoenix. So that part she did tell to everyone. And I think that what it really came down to was people pressed for time. I mean, trying to get home for dinner, trying to get their kids, trying to do different things, get to work, whatever it might be. So you're thinking, I don't have time to, to do this. I hear, just here, I don't know what my options are. Take my ballot, put it in this, this door three option. Then you have some people that are like, I'm not comfortable with that. So that next person in front of me is like, well, what other option do I have? And she says, you can spoil your ballot. They'll reprint you a new one. You can fill out a new ballot and try again. And so that's what option he went with. And he, he got out of line, went and spoiled his ballot and had the new one printed out. Uh, when I approached, she gave me the first option of leaving my ballot in the door three. And then I was like, well, I'm not comfortable with that. What other option do I have? She said the same. I could spoil my ballot and reprint. And I said, is the handicap accessible machine available? And she said, yes, that's definitely an option. And those work 100% of the time. So I said, okay, I'd like to do that option. And she said, oh, that's great. That's fine. Uh, go this way. They'll spoil your paper ballot and uh, walk you through the process of voting on the, the accessible machine. And I just thought it was interesting because she's like, that works 100% of the time, no problem, but not really an option that she's giving other people. And I do realize you don't want to over congest that machine as well. I, I do get that, but um, you know, it wasn't an option really provided to anyone. So that's 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 actually fascinating. And so, as like a voter that spent, and you said you spent over two hours at that yep. location to try to to try to resolve this, to scan your ballot, to spoil it, to redo the process. And that's probably the average time, if not longer, that other people went through. Did you see anybody just, they couldn't stand there, or they, they just left, they didn't want to stand in the hour line, or they just went ahead and put their box and, I mean, their ballot into that ballot, that door three? Yeah, I would say a majority of people were just using the door three option because you could tell they didn't want to, but you could tell they were pressed for time. They're just trying to get in. They've already waited in line for however long. And uh, it was about, it would have been about 6.30 when I was leaving and the line was still all the way around the building and the pool closed at seven. So I know for sure the people that were outside the building had to be getting pretty antsy. Um, and by the time you get in again, what, how long does that take them to get through and vote? And they still got like I said, kids or dinner or, you know, different things to, to do. So I was lucky I was in the position to have time to fix it or correct it. But a lot of people I don't think did. Yeah, well, they, I saw something that talked about 223 voting centers were, were affected out there. And if, and if you do the math and if you have five to six people per hour per voting center, which is in all likely just can't stand in that hour line with all the congestion and the clogging that adds up to the margin of error right now, or the margin of victory of 17,000 votes. And that's all that Carrie Lake is down. But then when you have 
three to one on election day and you're looking at all these set probably five to six people leaving per hour is probably way underestimated so when you actually do the math and you see what happened in the in the bottleneck and the and really the the suppression that was caused to the voters it's insane how people just have to are, are expected to deal with that and and for them to come out and talk about election integrity while they're still counting votes right. and it it it's um i don't know i just I, I guess as a voter that went through that and to see other people like what was the sentiment among everybody because when you went through the marker thing again but they painted you as you're some conspiracy type thing but you're actually living it again with no with with no consequences or anything that happened in the previous election, just just identity politics of name calling and trying to paint you as something. What what is like? What did you see among like? How did you feel and how did other people feel? Yeah, you have no real sense of confidence that your vote was was counted. I mean, you know, great my 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 initial or my second ballot ultimately was scanned, but I have no confidence in in that process and. I have friends who were in the boat of spoiling their first ballot, filling out a second one, the second one not scanning, leaving it in the the door three so they could get back to work. And they're like, yeah, my, my I don't know. My vote probably didn't count. I have, you, you, we don't have any way of really feeling confidence in that process. And when you're questioned about it or kind of told you're a conspiracy theory theorist or an election denier, it's like, well, yeah, it's, there was clear issues. And when, you know, you look at things, maybe even from a business perspective, I think a lot of times that's kind of how you have to look at this. This were separate, separate stores, you could say, and uh, there's processes and procedures that I feel like they should be well-versed in and uh, a consistent message that should be supplied to everyone. It should have been the same messaging for every single person whose vote wasn't going to go through. It should have been the same options supplied to every person. And it was really only presented if it was asked. It was really only, this is your option, door three. And then if that person didn't seem like they were interested in that option or they had a little bit of pushback, that's when they would present other things. And so that in itself to me is a disservice to all the voters because you're not being consistent with, with any part of the process. Um, and it was, it did turn us off quite a bit when we were going down the line and saying, it's going to be a, you know an hour and a half. You maybe consider a different location. We don't know which location to refer you to. We don't know how long those wait times are or if they're having issues, but maybe try something else just didn't sit right with me at all. And so you, you leave feeling, uh, like what your vote doesn't matter and nothing's going to change. You don't feel like in future elections, it's just going to be more of the same. Yeah. Well, I, I remember the the presidential election when everybody was doing the, the counting, the hanging chads down here in Florida yeah. and it would just went on and it was kind of, it was kind of interesting, but what, what's like the sentiment of the people now? I mean, as far as what's going on with uh, just looking to, they're still counting votes. There's legal processes in place. There's, there's just all this. So what, what's the, what's going on right now? I mean, how do, how do people feel about what the issue is going? Yeah, I would say if, if you were to talk to probably most people out here, one, we don't believe the results. Uh, it just does not, it just does not fit the state and the majority of the people you speak with. I don't know that I've spoken with a single person <laughs> that um, had voted for Hobbs to be completely honest. 
Um, I think that most people feel like there won't be a resolution, that it won't really go anywhere, uh, that we're kind of spinning our wheels on it a little bit. And I know that there's a lot of people that are still kind of holding the line and saying, you know, Carrie, like I think is definitely doing everything that she can to correct any errors that have happened, but it's hard to trust that there will actually be a resolution. And, uh, so I think we just kind of feel a little deflated, a little, you know, like I said, not confident in the process at all, uh, or what the results are. And even if they do correct something in it and the results show a different, go a different way, you know, are, are Democrats going to be election deniers at that point, you know, because they're not happy that it's switched over. So then, you know, what is it, what does it really do in the long run? It just, it just seems like it's going to keep going and without really any true clear resolution. There's so many conflicts of interest and it just, it, it blew my mind that there's a, there's an article I was reading this morning and I just, I had to read it twice because I didn't really think, I thought maybe it was parody or whatever, but it says Maricopa County election officials launched a political action committee in 2021 to stop MAGA candidates. So Stephen Richter, the county recorder and supervisor chairman Bill Gates in 21, 2021 started a political action committee to stop MAGA candidates. And uh, they said that they're going to support Republicans running for non-federal Arizona offices who acknowledge the validity of the 2020 election and condemn the events of January 6th. So these are the guys that are counting the votes that clearly starting a political action committee in direct opposition to the messaging that Carrie Lake is having. And when you have all this, the, all the crazy stuff that happened on election day, it's insane that this is actually allowed to happen. And then when you have Carrie, Le I mean, Katie Hobbs, who's a super, uh, the secretary of state, there's a, in the Arizona law section 38503, I have this pulled up. Section B, it says any public officer or employee who has or whose relative has a substantial interest in any decision of a public agency shall make known such interest in the official records of such public agency and shall refrain from participating in any manner as an officer or employee in such decision. So you've got the literal candidate that's in charge of the election, not refraining or accusing yourself that still goes on, which is looks like it violates state law. Then you have the county recorder and the supervisor chairman starting political action committees against the candidate who they're responsible for counting the votes for. It's that's, that's so brazen and out in the open that I even said before the election, you can't trust the integrity of this, but now it's like, they're just, there was no consequences before. There probably won't be any consequences now, but it's out in the open. It's insane. And then to immediately call anyone that questions it an election denier when you're, yep. you're kind of putting it right in front of us. And if the if the voting's as close as it as it's projected to be and it's 50-50 and it's really that close and half the state's blue, then you're calling half the state election deniers. And again, when we're the ones having the voting issues, what does that say to us? What's your messaging to us supposed to imply that we're crazy or you know, we don't understand the process or or, or whatever? Um it's it's not great messaging and they even were during election day were putting out memos don't worry your vote will be counted there there is no widespread election fraud uh they were kind of sending out i don't know you know what channel they were using probably mostly social media that i was seeing it on but um it's like well yeah but by the time i get to vote in the afternoon nothing's cleared up and uh 
there's a lot of irregularities, then what are we, how are we supposed to feel about that? And uh, so, yeah, it's an interesting messaging on their end to really kind of dig their heels in a little bit deeper, I feel like, and say, no, 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 there's, there's no issue. There's no problem here. Look the other way. I mean, it's clearly not. And a lot of people experience that. That is the literal definition of gaslighting, kind of what they're doing in, in that sense. But it's interesting when you have these two guys, Gates and, and Richter there, you sent me this as far as the um, the attorney general in Arizona. I guess there's going to be an investigation into into or they're at least asking for for further proof. But the opening part said the Elections Integrity Unit of Arizona's attorney general's office had received hundreds of complaints since Election Day pertaining to issues related to the administration of the 2022 general election in Maricopa County. These complaints go beyond pure speculation, but include firsthand witness accounts that raise concerns re regarding the lawful compliance with Arizona election law. Furthermore, statements made by both Chairman Gates and Recorder Richter, along with information Maricopa County released through official modes of communication, appear to confirm potential statutory violations of Title 16. So it goes both beyond just being able to call someone an election denier. It goes beyond any of that. And I'm so thankful that Carrie Lake staying in the fight because so many people would bow out because they don't want to have that label put on them. But I've said it on this podcast many times, embrace the labels, because if you're afraid of those labels, they win because that's the only weapon they have is to call you something that you're backtracking and staying away from. But when you know the truth, when you've lived the experience like you've lived, it's not a conspiracy. It's a reality. And so there's there's a vast difference. But there, you can tell that they're trying to do that. I saw the, the guy Gates on there, um, surprisingly, Bill Gates. Nothing good comes from a guy named Bill Gates. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. He was on there talking about the transparency of the election and how in, in, the integrity of the election. But he didn't mention that we're still counting votes. They, it was the biggest flub up you've ever seen in your life. I, I just, they're trying to project that on people. And if you don't go along with that narrative, here's your label. But hey, slap it on me. I'm good to go because it's reality. Same. And, you know, that document you're just reading, they talk about the fact that there are poll workers who specifically witnessed ballots getting mixed in with each other, scanned ballots yeah. and non-scanned ballots being mixed in with each other, which kind of goes against the messaging of this particular door three box, which is locked down and separately secured, would get picked up separately. Um, there's there's a lot of it out there, and I don't know if they anticipated people speaking up as much as they did because they didn't in the last election cycle. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of video uh, testimony that Carrie Lakes collected, and she's posted to her social media. And if you go through and you listen to all those videos, the stories are the exact same across the board for the most part. And so, you know, I don't think they were maybe anticipating uh, voters kind of fighting back a little bit more and speaking out about it. Um, but if you don't follow it, you kind of went that day, you casted your vote, and maybe you you don't follow it as much as others, you might not be aware that it was as widespread as it was, especially if you didn't have the same issues. If my husband had gone separately from me um, or, or he, you know, we weren't married and he had gone to vote, his would have scanned right through and been fine, you know, and he wouldn't have had the same experience that I had. So um, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting tactics from their end, but I always fall back on, in my opinion, the Democrats always accuse you of what they're doing. And 100%. I feel like that constantly, you know, repeats itself with all sorts of different issues. 
Um, and so, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, call me an election denier. I, 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 I am. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you, you've lived it and, and you've seen it now. Did you, I know they had like a website that you were able to go and cure your ballot or at least look if it was counted. Is that something that you've utilized or taught? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, we've all checked um, myself, you know, my, our friend network, we've all checked our ballots. It, it, it really just, it says your ballot's been accepted. We have, you know, it, it counted. Um, and that's really all you can see. It's a very uh, simple glimpse. I did feel like at least mine scanned. So I, I was, I felt a little bit better about that versus if I were someone who had left my ballot in the box, uh, that would have been concerning to me, uh, especially when they're telling you, it may take up to three days to check your ballot. Uh I don't know what that system looks like on the the uh, the other side, the back end. You know, is it as simple as someone going in and clicking a button, yes or no? You received your ballot. Do you trust that? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so I didn't do any other action as far as curing a ballot except for ensuring that it said that it was received. And I think at that point, you know, that's that's really all you can do. Now there are separate sites that uh, Carrie Lake is having you go to where you can you can do a sworn statement and give your testimony to what your experience was um, and i do think they've had a lot of people that have done that so we, we should see how that pans out yeah she's been great i followed her on on twitter and she's i mean re- releasing the stories so it's so you can't argue with that i mean it's mm-hmm. it's undeniable and like you talk about there's sworn statements and i think the obviously the attorney general had to get involved in this and I hope I, I literally I, I'm like, I seriously hope that we fix this because I was I had dinner with a friend last night and we were talking about the election. And e- even though he voted in Florida, he's like, I don't even know if I should vote anymore. He goes, because, yeah, Florida, it was I mean, he, he actually had to wait an hour because they combined two polling locations. But like my experience was great. I didn't have to really wait at all. But I think there's so many people that are genuinely upset with with how elections are going. And before, I think even on 2020, he said, yeah, it was kind of I thought there were some you know, hiccups or whatever. He goes, but now it's you could just tell the whole system's rigged. So the more that that's, that cascades down through people, it's going to it's going to it's going to kill any enthusiasm we have for for this moving forward. And it's just going to play right into their hand. And I mean, after 2020, I mean, seeing the evidence and again, I'm just not like, oh, my candidate lost. So I'm upset and I'm just going to make this statement. No, I mean, there's been plenty of times in the past where that's happened and I'm okay. It's fine. It was it was but there was so much stuff that was going on with there. And, you know, between them running out of paper in Pennsylvania, I mean, but what you were talking about, too, the, the most interesting part is when you have down ballot candidates getting more votes than your top ticket that's never happened before and it probably won't be and you have like even in georgia you've got kemp who wins by eight or nine points and then you got walker who's in a who's in a tie with with warnock the crazy part is there's not a human being that would vote for kemp and warnock because warnock and stacy abrams are the exact same people he actually may be a little bit more um off the off the left chart and and, and extreme so you've got eight or nine point mix up where before you always have your your top ticket person the most it's really ever happened is like three points off your down ballot your people but i mean like with what you're talking about you're seeing 
these other races that no one cares about. Obviously, people came to vote for Carrie Laker. I mean, yeah, Katie Hobbs. That's it. Yeah. And and Blake Masters and Mark Kelly. But you have these other down ballot people that are exceeding that. There's no way. There's it no just, way. It doesn't add up. And you know, in the uh, in the other election, uh, the county south of us, they ran out of they ran out of ballots. They did not have ballots to give people at their voting location. And that again was under Katie Hobbs to elect her into the position to even be able to run for governor. And if that can't cast on a very heavily red county, so if that doesn't cast question in, in the back of a critically thinking thought process, I just, it, it blows my mind away the more they continue to push back and say, there's no issues, you're crazy, and, and there clearly are, and there's a lot of different talking points you can point to, a lot of data you can point to, like the down ballot stuff, that says otherwise and then to just you know say blanket across the board that all of those people having questions are crazy we Mm -hmm. shouldn't ask those questions and again i don't know when when that became a thing either like where you're just not allowed to question anything this is how it is and we're not going to discuss it otherwise that in itself is almost implies guilt in my opinion because you're like why can't we have a discussion or go back and forth about this and ensure that it is transparent like you say you want to do Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you you have literally the guys that are in charge of all that stuff, creating a political action committee to suppress anybody that questioned the 2020 election. Like, if you don't believe that it was above board, you're we don't want to support you. We're going to actually create and raise money to oppose you, which was the candidate on the top of the ballot, on top of the ticket in that cycle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what... Where do we go from here? I mean, in, in your opinion, where do you think, I mean, how can that get fixed other than have better toner? Which I hate printers. Trust me, I hate printers. I, but it seems like that's the problem. They printed, they literally printed them that day and handed them to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, they had two printers. And so as you as you register, as you sign in, then you go over, you wait for your ballot to be printed and they hand it to you. They had two separate printers. Um, I don't know. I go back and forth. I would like to think that in 2022, we could have a more sophisticated way of casting a vote. I mean, I, I, people have re- referenced this in the past, that you have, you know, billion dollar lottery winners that we know the night of, and we can do something very similar for our election cycle. On the flip side, I also don't trust a lot of technology. I think there's way too much yeah. room for this type of stuff to go on on the back end. I mean, um, you know, if you wanted to print a ballot that you know is registered to a Republican voter, if that voter is you know, registered one way or another, you could certainly, I, I don't see why not, find a way to make those ballots have a different scan code on them to scan in a different way. Um, you know, technology is great in a lot of ways, but sometimes it's not the best option either. And so I don't know, you know, hand counting everything. I think they have to start counting votes sooner than election night, the mail-in ballots. I think that's what Florida does, right? You start Mm -hmm. as soon as they start being received. Um, I think that's a first step. I don't, there should be absolutely no reason why it rolls into two weeks after the the voting day. I just don't understand that at all. Um, But I don't know that I have the the best solution for for voting. I don't know that I feel confident in trusting anything right now. So I think, uh, I think if someone wants to cheat, they'll find a way. And, you know, people talk about outvoting the cheat and uh, showing up and, and being there and, and just 
not giving in and saying, okay, I'm throwing my hands up, you know, I'm not going to vote anymore. I don't trust it. I don't think that's the play either. That's definitely not going to get us anywhere. And so I did have a friend who was like, you know, I just, I don't think I'm going to, I just, I don't think it's going to matter or count anyways. Um, I don't think that's right. I think Republican messaging has to change a lot too. I think that, you know, talking about the red wave and, and that we're for sure going to win these certain races, mm-hmm. and this is what the polling looks like and we have confidence then I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have to worry about it. I, you know, we're the red wave. We don't, we don't need to worry about it. I'll, uh, I'll skip this cycle. And then, you know, you don't show up. This type of stuff happens and it's very, very close margins. So you have to show up. Yeah. I can imagine how many people heard that rhetoric as far as the polls, as far as what's going to happen, pull into the parking lot where you're talking about, there's a line wrapped around the building and just say, nah, all these people are going to vote anyway. I'm going to go away. So one by one, they go away and then, you know, it leads to something like this. And then on top of all the other nonsense that really happened. But I was I I was genuinely surprised that they actually printed ballots on site there because in like in Florida, they were already pre-printed. They probably had I, I would hope they had watermarks. I know DeSantis was really instrumental in changing the whole system of how that works. And it's really interesting when he he was elected by a very, 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 very slim margin. And of course, he has been the champion for freedom. But to win by 20 points, I think you see when you have when you have election integrity, how it changes the outcome. And it's not suppressing anybody's votes. It's making sure that every vote is counted. And that's the, that's the real goal. The end game for this is that if you if you want to do your civic duty and cast your vote, that it's counted, that it's, that it's recorded and that it's it's it goes into the the main decision as far as what policy matters, you know, over the, the people of the state. And to me, I would hope that they would get rid of the printers. Nothing ever good comes with a printer. It just <laughs> doesn't happen. So just pre-print the things and go through it. I mean, the fact that you have voter ID, I'm very, very encouraged to, to see that yeah. in, in Pennsylvania. They don't have to have it. They were actually mailing out pre-filled in ballots, circles filled in and everything where you just have to sign your name and just drop them in the Dropbox. In the 2020 election in Georgia, with all the Dropbox and everything, I knew people up there that got three ballots mailed to them, the same person, (laughs) when they went to vote in person, they did not fill it in, they did not mail it in. When they went to vote in person, it says you had already voted. And so just the wides, I mean, it's like, you can't do this. You can't do this. And it's not going to change unless there's consequences. I think there was mention of that even uh, with the the voters who showed up early in the morning who had had their ballot printed already and then started to experience issues. And I think there were some uh, instances uh, discussed where they were told to try a different location with that ballot. But of course, you've already then had your ballot printed. And so they were having issues with that and provisional ballots and you know these different things. And again, it comes down to, I, I just could, I can't understand. I know it's, it's a lot of volunteers. I know it's not necessarily the poll workers fault, right. uh, but at the same time, I just can't imagine there's not guides and, and scenarios of if this happens, this is the next step and, and in making sure we're ensuring that everyone is on the same page when it comes to something so important. Um, and so I think that it's just the, the, 
receiving multiple ballots, uh, doing your mail. And I, would, I wouldn't trust my, I don't trust a, a normal piece of mail getting from A to B half the time. So right. I'm not going to do that with my ballot. Um, I know a lot of reasons why people would do it and that's, that's totally fine. But also I liked the, I liked being able, the novelty of going on election day and voting in person. And it just felt, you know, yeah. very patriotic. And so not even just not trusting it, but just going through that process. And so when you kind of, I feel like all of that's kind of lost a little bit now. And I don't, I don't know how you move forward from that, but uh, it's definitely interesting. There definitely has to be some, some changes. Yeah, I agree. That's what I heard someone say. It was pretty funny. They said, if you trust the mail, put $500 in cash in there and send it to somebody and we'll see how much you trust the mail because that's not going to happen. Yeah. So we'll see why, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on this and monitor where it goes, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of like you. I'm not sure anything's going to really come out of it in a positive way, but at least, at least um, there's a lot of lawyers and, and, and Carrie Lake is still in the fight and pushing back on that because like I always said, until there's consequences, until people like these guys are arrested. And I mean arrested because that they're violating law and Carrie Lake, I mean, uh, Katie Hobbs is violating law by not recusing herself. So until there's consequences, it's not only going to continue to happen, they're going to get more brazen, which they're, as brazen as I've seen in this, in this cycle. So hopefully the light will expose the darkness in this and some good will come out of it, but that's all we can do is just kind of support, support them and hope that that law prevails. Cause if not, we're in big, big, big trouble. Yeah. And two years comes fast. The presidential election will be here before we know it. And if things aren't solved by then, uh, which in today's the rate, the pace things are going now. I don't know if it would be. We won't even know who our governor is in Arizona by then. Um, but <laughs> you know, if if it doesn't change, then you really if that's that's a whole different you know game. That's a whole different ballgame when you get into the presidential election. So yeah, yeah, and they I I really had thought they'd have cleaned it up by now with everything that happened in 2020, and they haven't. So the faith that they will clean it up, and again, like I say, I they've got to get this thing cleaned up among, I mean, if you're talking a national race, you've got to clean that up in a lot of other States, not just Arizona. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. And, and to me, to be honest, that's what I always encourage people to do is to contact their elected officials and say, we, you know, demand that you clean this up and change it because if enough people do that, there may be some action, but again, if they just don't want to be called an election denier, sit back or whatever, this can you know, continue to happen. Yeah. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for being being on here. It was great to hear your story. Um, kind of depressing in, in, a, in a sense to see all the chaos that you had to go through and spend two hours of your day and, and that kind of thing. But it's great to hear people talk about this um, just to show that it's not just some far out theory. I mean, it's it's an actual experience that you had. So I certainly appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And hopefully um, there'll be some some changes made and hopefully Carrie will prevail if if she actually did get more votes because i hope i hope people weren't disenfranchised and their votes weren't counted <laughs> no thank you thank you for having me thank you for letting me share my experience i think it is great for people to hear and uh, i just appreciate everything you're doing getting the, the messaging and the, the real facts out there for people no i appreciate it and we will uh we'll connect with you again and we'll, we'll kind of let people know where we are with this stuff sounds great thank All you right. all right and so that's uh that's going to be it for this edition of the free thinkers podcast we thank you so much for being part of this and i uh, hope you and your family have a wonderful thanksgiving we'll talk to you soon